You bitches. Woo! Hello, everybody. So, we are live. So, hello, everyone, and welcome to Whiskey Wednesdays, a Fools and Flaggers yeah. show where I, the DM, review and discuss various topics mm. regarding D&D, as suggested by you and the lovely people in our Discord. Uh, the Whiskey Wednesdays will be available in podcast form and as a VOD on our YouTube channel the following Wednesday from when this goes live. Uh, podcast, you can find it on most major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, a bunch of, bunch of other um, podcast services. We do have a calendar to keep track of everything that we're doing stream-wise. We got Pez Plays on Mond Mondays. It was very sad I missed this week. Uh, totally forgot about that with my trip. Um, Sad. Whiskey Wednesdays on Wednesdays, of course, and uh, those are alternating weeks. Same with our campaign, also alternating weeks for the D&D campaign that we play. Um, and Metallurgy Magic just sort of happens whenever Metal wants to stream those. He's Metal. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a bit of a weird schedule. Um, so, I forgot where I was going after that. Um... <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, if you are around in the morning this coming Saturday, which will be July 16th, keep an eye on Twitch. There may be a stream coming up. So long as um, the stars align and everyone is able to meet to play things and stuff. Is it yeah. sad that I was confused about what you were talking about for a second? I was like, I thought we were doing something... <laughs> It is a little oh, sad, I yes. I am very disappointed I'm in you. I'm tired. Believe me, I feel you. I am so tired. So, I know, and I'm fantastic. With that well, being said, <clears throat> I am taking my first sip of whiskey, so we may begin this episode of Whiskey Wednesdays. Ah, there we go. It has begun. So, I had a thought one morning at about 6 a.m., and it was about um, how could you get Pokemon into D and D? You all Hilarious. play Rangers. <laughs> well, necessarily. Now let me preface this: there was actually a guy that was working on getting um, Pokemon brought into D and D, and they were given a cease and desist. <clears throat> so care. I want to preface the stream. In that I am not attempting to do this. This is all theoretical. I have not seen their material. It has been pulled down. But supposedly this guy had gotten through like Gen 4 or Gen 5. And made like monster stat blocks for every Pokemon. That's cool. So wait. did So Pokemon gave them a cease and desist because they were making a no. non-profit thing? I believe it was Wizards of the Coast. Because it's... Uh, if I remember the article correctly, it was Wizards of the Coast basically told them to cease and desist because they did not want Nintendo coming after Wizards of the Coast because that it was a, uh, a separate IP that they did not own. Makes sense. Mm, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like with the Stranger Things um, D&D mod, you can only do the ones that are really in the book. Because if you bring in stuff from season four and you're making it look official, like they also get in trouble because they don't have the rights to the season four monsters. Now, granted, it is D&D, &D, so technically speaking, you can do and use whatever the fuck you want. Just 
publishing that kind of stuff, even if it's for free and there's no profit being... This guy was doing it as a total hobby. He was making nothing off of this, Yeah. by the way. Um, but, you know, even then, trademarks are kind of weird, man. Well, it's kind of like um, Anne Rice, where she's didn't have any fan fictions out there because she kept suing the fan fiction writers. And it wasn't until she died that people who had written fan fiction from, like, the 80s actually were able to publish their fan fictions because she kept suing the shit out of everybody. Mm-hmm. Some, some people just have a death hold on their IPs. And that that's fine. You know, it's, it's your intellectual property. You do what you want to do right. with it, but... <clears throat> you know. Sometimes you're just a bitch about it. <laughs> She was kind of a bitch about it. But she's dead, so it doesn't really matter. Well, so in Yay! any case, with that preface <laughs> out of the way, that we are not attempting to make this. This is all just theoretical, having fun, because we have been playing the Pixelmon mod in Minecraft, which you are more than welcome to join via our Discord. And then just ping Metal and bother the fuck out of him, and he'll do his mumbo-jumbo to get you in there. Uh... So that's kind of what's what sparked this this thought is how how would we go about this? So I've I've got a few kind of categories to go off of, um, but starting at the like the bare bones, the very bare like beginning, it's like who are you and why are you there? So my initial thought was you're a party of traveling gym leaders. Uh, maybe the story premise is you're trying to take down a big time Team Rocket group in the region. Uh, your gym, or air quotes, class limits the type of Pokemon you can take. So at least one of the two types on a Pokemon must be of your gym class. So if you are a rock gym leader or a ground gym leader, whatever, because, you know, sometimes Pokemon have multiple types to them, at least one of those has to be rock. <clears throat> so that's like the, the, the basic initial like story idea that I had for it. All right. Also, side note, someone, because uh, you were talking about type, someone pointed out to me that you can make an entire Pokemon team of just uh, turtle-themed Pokemon, and now I really want to do that. <laughs> you do you, boo. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the first thing that kind of popped into my head was, like, how do you, how do you handle the Pokemon's moves? So... The, the moves are would kind of be the same as far as progression goes like uh with you know with leveling up and how many can you have or does it work like when you're selecting spells so as an example you have your full list and you can select once for your four available like you you get that pokemon you select the four skills done that's it uh, or maybe at the very least you would have like move tutors like we've got in Pixelmon that are in town so you can retrain them. Um, but maybe not necessarily... I don't know. There's so many steps involved with this to try to make it as close to Pokemon as possible but keeping it D&D related. Yeah, I mean most of the... Because um, there's two types of Pokemon moves. There's physical and there's special. I mean most of the special moves would act like spells more than anything yeah just uh and um the kind the uh what is what does pp stand for anyway and uh 
PowerPoints, I think. The, the PP, basically, yeah. for those who don't know, is how many times a Pokemon can use a move. So if you have 30 PP, you can use the move 30 times. If you have five, so it's basically you can only use like it five times. It's basically like a spell slot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for some of those, uh, high, especially the higher end ones that only have like five PowerPoints. Mm -hmm. um, and you could even. You, you could mess around with that a little bit and kind of merge the two systems, I feel like. Um, you might be using a certain Pokemon move less than the normal PowerPoints it would have, but if kind of the... Um, uh, oh, what's the what's the word for like uh, uh, make keeping track of your supplies and stuff uh, to make sure you don't run out of what you need? I mean... The your organization resources, yeah, yeah resource management. Thank you. So um, you're you're coming through on Becca's mic really hard right now. Sorry. Sorry. Um. I thought I got it fixed. Oh uh, yeah, re so that would that would be an aspect of resource management more than anything. I mean, could always just use the 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 skills themselves as like charges. So you've got a, I mean, you know, you, you've got a Bulbasaur. It has five charges of solar beam. Um, you know, recharges on a long rest kind of deal. Um, Especially if you're sticking to the f four moves per Pokemon, that uh, adds a like, yeah, this is, def this is pretty much equivalent <clears throat> to a, a, a seventh level spell, but you only got four of this you only got four spells yeah uh i mean i i still think that that would be the way to go about it in all honesty and i realize also if you're trying to do four different moves basically you could also have it so that you limit it to one range attack one melee attack one like defensive like position basically and then also you can then have like a spell slot so, like, with that as well, if you're having, like, a physical attack or, like, something that's, like, a dodge that might help you out, you also may not have that necessarily count in, like, a spell slot thing because that's just moving, like, um, a defensive, I guess. I would disagree only because each person is going to have a different methodology to how they play. I, I play Pokemon in the very brute strength aspect. I take... All damaging abilities. I take almost no healing, no stat adjustment. It's just hit them hard, hit them first, kill them before they kill you. Other people like Zach or Metal or whoever else is playing may go for those stat things. So I don't, I don't necessarily want to limit someone to say like you can take one melee, one range, one special, one defense because that's not really how the game itself generally works yeah. uh well so can, well i'm sure we can touch on that as we keep going on but uh thinking more about the moves like so how would you handle hitting and there's kind of a, a, a few ways that i thought about this um it could be like a starting off with a percentile dice it's, you know, each ability has like a 50% chance to hit. Uh, the value would be changed by the move's accuracy because there's the power, which is the damage it deals, and the accuracy, which is, of course, the chance uh, for it to hit. Or 
you go with the accuracy is the percentage to roll. Because some skills will have like 30 accuracy, 50, 60, 100. But even with like 100 accuracy, the ability can still miss. It's not likely, but depending on what type you're going up against and what they have, there are ways to uh, reduce that. So, like, if you have an accuracy of 55%, the roll must be from 1 to 55 to hit, a 56 to 100 misses. And um, then it kind of becomes, will the opponent be able to modify that percentage roll? So, if you have 100% accuracy on this skill, not like, I'm not talking about, like, swift, which is guaranteed to hit. I mean, like, the accuracy says 100. Is there anything that your opponent would have like uh, speed defense or special defense that would lower your percentage. And in that case, it seems to become a little bit more complicated because you're having a back and forth with, well, I have this, it has, you know, 85 accuracy. What's your defense or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. That's it made point. my brain hurt. Yeah, this is what, it is. what was that? It is what it is. Uh, I was... Sorry, I forgot I was muted. Uh, am I unmuted now? Yeah. Uh, so the uh, so I was saying... it. I was looking up the how they measure Pokemon speed. Um, and the average Pokemon speed is 66. Uh, well, the average base speed for a fully evolved Pokemon is um, 78. So it could just be a... Um, half of your bait of your speed uh so it's your accuracy minus half of the base speed because if uh if a pokemon has a speed of 100 it doesn't make sense to do a full one-to-one -one. so it mm -hmm. could be like half their speed is subtracted from your accuracy and you have to roll for that well now just for the record generally a pokemon speed determines which of them attacks first which oh. As a one-on-one, -on -one, makes perfect sense. If you've got a speed of 66 and the other has a speed of 60, the 66 is going to go first. Mm -hmm. Now, in a potentially bigger group setting with multiple people with multiple Pokemons out and about, that throws a bit of a wrench in things. <clears throat> the other option uh, would be to do a kind of similar D20 situation where... You take the accuracy and you factor that into the dice roll. So let's say for the sake of the argument, uh, 100 accuracy is like you got to roll a 10 or higher. Then an accuracy of 60, it's, uh, I don't know, like 14, 15 or higher, something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean... Oh uh, yeah, you're you're right. So evasion is the percentile value that determines chance of opposing Pokemon missing. Oh, so so there is an evasion chance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I the, clearly the did way, my research on this. <laughs> the way the evasion that works is each Pokemon at the start of the battle is at a, a value of zero. If the stat is decreased below zero with a move such as Sweet Scent, the opposing Pokemon's move will have a larger chance of hitting. If the stat sent if the stat is increased above above zero percent, 
with something like Double Team, the opposing Pokemon's move will have a smaller chance of hitting. So at the start of a battle, um, yeah, I don't I don't really know how that would work with a uh, a Pokemon with a move with a hundred percent chance of hitting. Like it just automatically hits if you use a one hundred percent chance. Well, but but that's the thing that just because it has a hundred percent accuracy or one hundred accuracy doesn't guarantee it to hit. I've had abilities with 100 accuracy that miss because the other one just dodged or evaded or some bullshit like that. It's a lot more likely to hit, but it doesn't... Because, like, if you look at the move Swift, that's basically Magic Missile. You're not Mm -hmm. dodging it. It has decent damage. I think the power is, like, 60, 65, something like that. So it's a bit on the low end because you're guaranteeing a hit. <clears throat> so that's kind of what okay. I was thinking is that it, it would just become... Combat would become a lot more of a back and forth. Because instead of you rolling a d20, adding your modifier, and then I'm, I'm telling you whether or not it hits, there's got to be a little bit of more back and forth because then you know I'd have to be asking what's the accuracy and then i got to look at evasion and do math. Um, not... Math. I know. So <laughs> the other stipulation there is that instead of doing a whole bunch of math each and every roll, you factor in the evasion and uh, the accuracy, and you turn those into the stat blocks of like, you know, it's a plus five to hit, or, you know, your AC is whatever because of your, you know, evasion percentage getting converted into, you know, your your armor class. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, damage, I think, would work the same with resistances and vulnerabilities. I mean, you've got your types. You know what's effective and what isn't. Uh, doubling the damage or having it. Um, but the other question then kind of becomes, is the damage rolled or is it a flat value? Because if you've got something that's like power 65... I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure how the damage is calculated. So, like, if you've got a 300 HP Pokemon and something hits you with, like, a 65 power attack, well, you got that attack, like, 20 levels ago. It's still doing the same power damage, so I'm I'm wondering how that scales, because I'm sure it's the power plus the special attack or the regular attack uh, level of your dude. Yeah, it's. I, I think you're right. I think it is uh, that. Plus, you also have, uh, if you're using a move that you have the same type as, you automatically get a 50% buff to the move, right? I think. Something like that, yeah. It's just, the, the more that I try to come up with the rules myself, the more I realize that, considering how many people were really enjoying playing this, this guy did his fucking homework. Yeah. It's it's also a matter of like again the the base um, kind of system for Pokemon is uh, is based on percentiles, mm-hmm. so it definitely lends itself more to a um, D one hundred system than it would to a D twenty system. Right, um, unless you were to do some. Like, uh, 
like at the get-go, you, you know, you, you take those percentages and you somehow turn them into the plus or minus modifiers that you see all the time in D&D. So, yeah. again, you, you take a you take a move that's got like 100 accuracy. Well, that gives you, fuck, like a plus 10 to hit on a D20 yeah. roll or something like that. And just, you know, make it flat across the board. Because the, the power for moves in Pokemon generally aren't that varied. Like, it's 30, 35, 40... 50, 60, you know, so th the math should be pretty easy there. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah, make the, uh, make the intervals of 10 out to 1, uh, and you've, I mean, that's basically what a D20 system is anyway, sort of. Uh, yeah, no, that actually, that makes sense, so... But then how would you handle the difference between like a 60 power attack and a 65 power attack? Would you just say it's a plus six? Uh, on that, on that, I would say you decide up front, okay, are we rounding up or are we rounding down? Mm. And in D&D, you're usually rounding down. Um, not on yourself. You, so, generally, like if you were casting a spell and you have to roll something for it, you're generally going to be rounding up. Now, if someone is defending themselves and they're affecting that number, then it's rounded down because it's to their benefit. Yeah. I didn't I explain can't... that well at all. No, you're, you're fine. I get what you're saying. And I can't remember because I haven't come across <clears throat> a, uh, something in a while that needed rounding up or down. And I can't remember for the life of me what... Because uh, I know there's something in D&D &D that you it's round. It's usually like when you're raging or something, when you're having... So if you are a barbarian and you are raging and you get like a, right. like like 13 having... damage is dealt to you, you have that right. damage, round it down. Right. But then there are other situations where you get some sort of value, but you round up because it's to right. your benefit. So, I can't think of an example for it, but I know that that is a thing. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, you're right though about having damage because that's for like evasion and other stuff as well. Because I was like, I know we've rounded down, I know we rounded numbers before. What, what am right. I thinking of? <laughs> I just can't think of a good example of why you would round up. Uh... Like, like I said, it's 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 not often you you find yourself yeah. rounding down more than anything just because the main thing you use it for is half damage. Correct. So let's, let's move away from numbers here real quick and get into more like theory crafting. Well, I guess okay. this whole thing is theory crafting, but how, how would you manage the party? And I've got a quick paragraph. I'll breeze through it real quick. So first thought is maybe we'll limit how many Pokemon in your party uh, by player level. So this is where we kind of reach into like a quasi spell slot sort of thing. So like if you're a gym leader trainer and you're, I don't know, fucking level 10, you've got like four slots. Cause I think by level 10, you've got four spell slots at the very least. Or Wait you, a minute. You, you get up to like fourth level spells. I think I just remembered something about this and I 
believe that um, proficiency score would come in handy here. Because if I remember correctly, uh, class features... Oh, yeah, because your yeah, proficiency highest... goes up to six, right? Yeah, so you so if you go how many Pokemon you can have by your proficiency score, you start out with two for the first four levels, then you get a third on the fifth level, then you get a fourth on the ninth level, then a uh, fifth on the 13th, and then you're sixth at uh, 17th. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. It worked. Ooh. Well, so then uh, here comes the trickier part. How would you implement catching or gaining new Pokemon as players level up and progress? Like, could you just have a massive, like, uh, random loot and encounter tables with capture percent chance tables? And, you know, these percents are modified by ball type. Um, I'm actually not sure why I moved this down further. Where'd it go? Hold on. Um, well, I mean, as far as, like, you can only have that certain amount of number on your team. Like if you're 8th level, you can only... Or say you have ninth level. You now have 4 Pokemon on your team. But like just like in Pokemon, you probably have a PC where you can store all the other Pokemon you catch. And you just kind of switch them out like a, uh, like a wizard in a spellbook. Well, so then here becomes the other side of this uh, sort of question. Is... How do you decide who gets to try and catch which Pokemon? Like, is there just a, like, another, like, encounter table? So, like, with that encounter table, it's basically you guys are traveling along, and I would, like, literally just roll a dice, and if, uh, if I roll a certain percent, it's like, okay, random encounter. And then there's a huge table on a, you know, how I make you guys roll a d20, or whatever. I'll say, like, roll a d100, and whatever you guys roll is who you encounter. But then, how do you decide who gets to try and catch it? Do the players get multiple attempts to capture it? Does the Pokemon still need to be alive? If yes, how do you do the capture percent with remaining HP? And I... Yeah. Huh? I've been trying to put it in teams, or in the chat, because I didn't want to speak over Zeke and fuck up all the stuff, but I'm tired of sitting here quietly. So, there is a Harry Potter fan fiction that literally addressed the last two things you were talking about. So... I thought it was very poignant, and I will talk about this now, because, yes. I have declared um, it! I am talking of it! Yes, so shut the hell up. Okay. So, so in the fanfiction, <laughs> shut up, you! In the fanfiction, every year, all of the students at Hogwarts were allowed to get another Pokemon. So Zeke's method would work out. It's every time you get to that level, you could do it. But what they would have to do, because Pokemon are protected, and they're basically magical creatures in there, is that you couldn't just go out and randomly catch Pokemon on the street. Like, you need to make sure that you're taking care of breeding populations and making sure you don't make them go extinct, like the whole thing with Lapras. So they would have different events once a year where you chose the Pokemon type you wanted to get. You would go to an event, you would compete against other competitors to perform either a task or be able to do, like, a thing, and then you would be able to catch a Pokemon if you succeeded in the task. And they would give you, like, three or four Pokemon to choose from. But it would be, like, because they were such endangered magical creatures in the fanfiction, you couldn't just go out willy-nilly and just, like, randomly throw balls at people. Like, you actually had what? to earn them, and you had to be able to go through a whole process of proving yourself that you could actually, one, handle the Pokemon that you're getting, 
and how you perform and like in the fan fiction how you performed your task and how you succeeded depended on what level of pokemon you were getting are you getting like a starter pokemon were you getting like a pokemon that's already like on its second evolution like all that stuff depended on how you performed your task in this competition or in this like series of events so i'm done now no that makes sense um so then again, you kind of run into the issue of, you know, if you're if you're looking at like a, a typical party of four, let's say, and if we're going with my initial assumption that you are all gym leaders and you're only allowed to take uh, Pokemon of your gym's type, that, that way you kind of divvy up the party a bit, you've got uh, different strengths and weaknesses, and you're not just like, oh, well, I've got fire, rock, water, wind, air, heart, whatever. Um... By my powers combined, <laughs> yeah. I'm a broken piece of shit. <laughs> right. Oh God, you're like, I have heart. No, that's just him, and he's on some kind of magical god voodoo drugs. So. Well, okay, so if, if we're using the assumption that... What I'd want to be cautious of is making it something that the players would be able to fail at because, you know, you spend all this time running around fighting Team Rocket, fighting wild shit. You finally get to this new level. Your proficiency goes up. You've got a new slot. And then you just don't get to catch it. Or, you know, even if we're assuming the the whole PC thing where you, you catch and catch and catch and you, you can swap your team out. You're only, you know, you can have a max number on your team at a time. But you're still... If you have one of those tournaments, well, what happens on that tournament if, uh, like, two of your party members aren't able to get anything? Either by there's no type that matches their gym, or they just don't succeed. Uh, uh, I would like then to wait to the next one and suck it up. <laughs> well, I would like to interject. Uh huh. So um, we were talking about like tables and, and stuff earlier so it could be like um you might you might have to futz around with uh like okay it's 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 your turn to catch a pokemon kind of thing which wouldn't really work in irl or in normal pokemon uh games settings but that's what there is to it mm -hmm. um but say like for instance you have one person who's going out to catch a Pokemon, and it could be like a daily encounter kind of thing. Um, and it's so you take whatever area and say they're traveling through a forest. Okay, well you have all of these Pokemon that um can be can can appear in this forest, uh, but you only have like a a, a certain section of those that he can actually catch because of his type. Right. Uh, to make sure he's getting the type he wants at the beginning of the campaign, you could just give everyone kind of like those uh, medallions Metal gave us, but oh, they don't the run out. Yeah, the lures. So every everyone's wearing a medallion mm. that's their lure type. So whenever they're actively going out and searching, they only get what they uh, their type. So I'm kind and, of I'm kind of leaning towards the idea that you can go out and you can catch what you want instead of. You know, having to go through a, a competition like what with uh, Becca was saying, um, 
<laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a good idea. Like, I would definitely do something like that for, like, some of the higher level or the the, yeah. uh, the rare spawn ones. Sought after stuff. Yeah. Fossils and stuff. Like, you know, you, you go through this tournament and you get a, a chance of catching a Zapdos, for example. Versus you guys are traveling from this town to this town. You go, you know, there's a creek over there. I heard that there are some squirtle around this area, or maybe like a tentacle or whatever. Do you guys mind if we take a detour and go along there? Everyone's like, yeah, you know, it's a riverbed. There might be some plant types. You know, Billy Joe can get some like uh, some other planty things. Maybe he can find himself a scyther or whatnot. And you go along that way, and you 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 find them. But so then again, if we're going by the actual oh, game, the oh, wild Pokemon <laughs> have to be alive to be caught. Is that the yeah. best way for this to work with Dean? Because if you look at the anime, Ooh. when yeah. they are catching something, that motherfucker is unconscious. Uh huh. <laughs> It's like, the motherfucker's unconscious. Hey, look, a Pikachu! Yeah, well, yeah! Right the fuck out. But, I mean, that's so that's how it is. They are unconscious. They're play... not able to fight back, and that's when you go to catch them. So, would we do the same in this, where you get them to zero, they are out cold, and then you attempt to catch them? So, the question is, is then you wouldn't be playing Nuzlocke rules? Or would you be want to play Nuzlocke I would not want to play Nuzlocke rules. No. Well, you're a bitch. Well, fuck you all, then. Are we playing Nuzlocke when we get the new version of Pokemon? Yes! Okay. Because we're not bitches! You might not be. Okay, so for those that are not aware, the Nuzlocke challenge, commonly known as just Nuzlocke, it's a set of rules intended to create a higher level of difficulty when playing the Pokemon games. Many challengers feel that the rules also serve the purpose of encouraging the use of Pokemon the player would not normally choose and promoting closer bonds with the player's team. The rules are not an in-game function, but are self-imposed on the part of the player, thus subject to variation. Um, the basic rules, any Pokemon that faints is considered dead and must be released. The player may only catch the first wild Pokemon encountered in each area and none else. If the first wild Pokemon encountered fades or flees, there are no second chances. If the first encounter in the area is a double battle, the player is free to choose which of the two they would like to try, uh, to catch, but many or but only catch one of them. The restriction does not apply necessarily to Pokemon able to be captured during static encounters, nor to shiny Pokemon. So, you also have to name them so that when they die, it hurts worse. Yeah. So. The next section on this wiki is the nearly near-universally used rules. The player may not voluntarily reset and reload the game whenever things go wrong. Being able to do so would render all these rules pointless. The player must nickname all of their Pokemon for the sake of forming stronger emotional bonds. The player may put uh, Pokemon that have fainted into the Pokemon storage system permanently rather than releasing them. Some players use Nuzlocke Challenge uh, may have designated boxes for Pokemon that have fainted. The player may only use Pokemon they have captured themselves, meaning anything acquired through trading, mystery gifts, or whatever is prohibited. Um, so yeah, if if one of your dudes goes down in the D and D setting, uh, that that is a, an important distinction. Like, 
you would need revives and health potions. So in that sense, would we still employ death saves? Or would it be considered that when it faints, that's it? And then you throw out a new one. I personally don't know. Like, I, I the fact that, like, when it dies, it's just out. Also, I mean, I guess it might take into account some stuff like that, but, like... Unless you oh have no. a revive. Alright, so you don't, and your Pokemon got crit. Nothing yeah. you can do about it, but it got crit. You got one shot. It happens. That, that just... That just sucks. Like... And it, like, say it's like, like, oh, yeah, this is the Pokemon I use all the time. It's like, oh, well, it's now it's gone. It's like, no, fuck that. I mean, like, I okay. understand the whole, I don't know. For me personally, I understand wanting to make it a challenge. Well, not like, even I, so I much do. wanting to make it a challenge, just trying to work out how, how would this be handled in the game? Like, would you still be able to use potions to revive them? Are, are they going to have death saves? A Nuzlocke, you can use potions. You cannot use revives. Um, and let's say your Pokemon, like, faints. Let's say it gets some kind of boost or gets automatically healed by some random dude on the road after an encounter. It's still dead. Like, it's still dead. Which sucks. But, okay. So, if we take revives out of the question then I would say that we go to a death save scenario and a potion will revive it. I would be much more comfortable with the system of, that's very much more similar to classic Pokemon of um, between Pokemon centers. Yes, unless you have a revive, you can't use that poke. You can't use that Pokemon, but as soon as you find a Pokemon center, you're good to go. Okay, so... Let me, let me theorycraft around that then. So you guys are traveling between cities for the sake of the argument. You guys keep getting jumped by Team Rocket. Uh, Zeke, you go through the four that are on your belt. You don't have a PC out in the wild, so you can't just pull from anything. You're basically useless until you get back to town. Your dudes are not dead. Kind of like with um, uh, Vex's crystal pendant for trinket once he's reduced to zero hit points and he goes unconscious he gets short back up into the gem yeah i'm not familiar with the system so i well that, that's why i was asking zeke but i'm not seeing the toaster pop i'm sorry yes baby no the cat just popped out of my my voice booth and i'm just like where the fuck did you get in there um uh, but yeah, I, th I think that's right. Yeah, as soon as it goes to zero hit points, it pops back into the necklace and is stable and unconscious. Okay, so or then... Or at one hit point. Yeah, are we, are like we still... Are, in that aspect, are we saying that if you let it get to zero and you were not able to use a potion, then it's just it's just done until you get to the center? Or would you say that you have like a few seconds to give it a potion to quote-unquote revive it? Hmm. Yeah, because then if you run out of Pokemon, what are you supposed to do? Just cower behind everyone else? 
Now, in in that sense, if we are making this to be a little bit more difficult, instead of it being like, it's at zero, done, gone. It's, It's in the Pokeball, cannot be used, cannot be revived. What if there's like maybe a little bit of a limited uh, death save. So, because if we're looking at it, you still only get one turn. You still only get one action per turn. You can attack, Mm -hmm. you can uh, use a potion. It's it's the same rules as combat in a normal Pokemon game. So let's just say that you've got one, your dude goes down after using an attack. It comes back to your turn. It's got like one death save. And if it passes the death save, then you get to use a potion to try to revive it because it was brought to zero. And if you fail that time, then it goes into the ball. Yeah. Because you also don't want to waste too much time trying to revive it because then you don't have anything out there. (laughs) This is fun, but it's hurting my brain. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like when you really get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's like, would I actually want to play this? (laughs) I think if the rules could be, and again, I really wish that I could see the way that this guy made the rules, because he may have made this so fucking trivial, and we just can't think of the best way to do this, and he and he did. Um, yeah, it's an interesting conundrum. Uh, I mean, do we want to just move on into combat? Play around with that idea. Good talk. Happy to be here. Uh, Listen, I always answer the damn questions. Other people talk now, damn it. (laughs) No. Uh, So let me look at my notes here. So, Uh, yeah, I'm definitely having fun with this theory crafting. But, yeah, this this hurt my brain sometimes. Yeah. Uh, So combat will absolutely require some quick math to be able to distribute experience to players and Pokemon after each fight. Um, it's either that or you go with a milestone method. You know, you beat a gym, whatever, you level up kind of thing. You you take down this one branch of Team Rocket, you level up. Um, but now, the, Ian, the actually... other tricky part there is... Ian. What? Um, that actually introduces a really interesting thing because... In the game, you can't have Pokemon above certain levels unless you get those gym badges. I so actually then... brought that up a little bit further down uh, involving experience. Okay, it's like, push I, that up then. No, 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 because, I mean, we can jump to that because it's a big part of it. So, mm-hmm. like you said, does the is there a party-wide experience share? Like, all players and all the players' Pokemon benefit from experience gained? Um because the idea there is that you are gym leaders, which means that you're kind of of the higher echelon. Also, oh, hello, Pess. Uh, so you would yes. very likely have access to party experience shares. The items that, like, you know, the one that's out gets a majority of the experience. The other ones get, like, a reduced amount, but they still level at the same time. Um, but then you run into the problem of, like, what if the party has to split and two of the four get into a fight because, you know, one of them's a dickhead and they started a bar brawl. And the other two don't. <laughs> is it, you know, is it sucks to suck? You know, we got experience, you didn't. Or is there shared experience? Like, uh, think of like the how the, the tribal experience works in ARC. So long as you're within a relative range, you get that experience. Um, 
And here's where I'm touching on what you said there, Becca. I say, or the Pokemon level individually if they are used in battle. And in parentheses, I said, fuck this, too much math, and make shit grindy as fuck, use party-wide experience share. Yeah. <laughs> and Which, again, um, is why I'm saying, like, milestones. Because if you consider the fact that you're going to have four people playing with, theoretically, at you know, towards endgame, six Pokemon apiece... That's a lot of fuck you math I don't want to have to deal with. Some hardcore people out there might be all about it, but uh, no. <laughs> There's also the matter of, uh, for Pokemon leveling, uh, you get 100 levels in for each Pokemon. Do you divide, divide that, that by 5 way. instead to go with the uh, 5e 20, 20 level system and just like um, every level you get access to a new move? Uh, instead of it being like in Pokemon where you go a few levels and then get a new move. Well, and that's why I was touching earlier. Yes, Pez? I'm raising my hand, but you can't see. Oh. Um, there, there is oh, an official sure. Pokemon 5e tool set. Well, so the we, we touched on this earlier. The app for that was not taken down, but the guy that was doing the rules and was making all the PDFs and everything, he was given a cease and desist. Back I in like 2021 have a or something. PDF like that. of it. Because Pez comes in clutch. <laughs> well, we may have to take a look at this later on, but again, I am going to reiterate we are not trying to make anything. This is all theory crafting, so don't believe them, it's all lies. Don't don't bother giving us a cease and desist, because I promise you we're not doing dick about this. This is just for funsies. I'm not gonna cease anything. I don't even control my own mind. You have no control over it. Um, but yeah, so what, what Pez is showing us on his screen is basically a monster stat block. Like, a, the Ponytaw has a strength of 13, dex of 18, con 12, intelligence 6. I think Ponytaw's smarter than a 6. Wisdom and Charisma's 10. Um, but yeah, the, the moves, Dumb there's, to let us ride them. there's Stomp, which, A, B. Oh, attack bonus. So yeah, the Stomp has a plus 8 to hit. It's 5d4 plus 4 melee damage. Uh, flame Wheel, DC 16, so I'm assuming that's going to be a, a save on the opponent's side. Uh, Wheel of Flame explodes out for you in a 10-foot radius. All creatures in the area must succeed on a dex save against your move DC, taking fire damage on a fail and half as much on a save. If the user is frozen, this move can still be used, thawing out the creature during the attack. So yeah, when I was saying that like these dudes fucking thought of everything, it's they fucking thought of everything. It mm. it's That's really cool. It's legitimately amazing the amount of work that this guy was doing before he was told to stop. And again, shockingly, I, if I read the article correctly, it was not Nintendo that asked him to stop. It was Wizards of the Coast. Which again makes sense. Yeah. Oh, he has a name, Luna. Um. Hey, so, look, it's you. Look, looking yep. on that, uh, going back to like uh, the experience and everything, would would the wild Pokemon that you know you would encounter would they be kept the same as the party level? Are enemy trainers at the same party level, or is there like a slight variation? So it's like equal to party plus or minus three or plus or minus four levels. Uh, you know, it'd be random. You roll a dice to see what the result is. As I'm like, if I'm the DM and I'm making the encounters, just to make things interesting, like 
oh, there's a big Gyarados, but it goes down in one hit. You're like, wow, he was a bitch. But then you go to fight the Wii, and I was like, why won't you die? So basically like real Pokemon. Yes. Does that mean I can go back after that kid, Billy, was rude to me and go kick dirt in his eyes after I wipe out his team? Sure, why not? You do yeah. you, boo. Fuck you, Billy. Uh, so... <laughs> So, you know, looking at the, the creature stat blocks, that's one thing. But we're, we're still having to... Like, how would you do encounters? So, okay, so how do you implement multiple players in a fight? Like, only one Pokemon per person can be out at any time, because that's just kind of bog-standard rules. Are they able to swap Pokemon? Or is it like when you're doing a den? Uh, you, you pick the one for that fight, and that's who's out, and that's it. Uh, in the same vein, if we go the other route where you have multiple Pokemon, you're able to swap them, does the enemy also have multiple Pokemon? Can the enemy swap in the middle of a fight? Uh, and again, I'm seeing on Nimsing here, you know, you've got actions. I don't know if there's bonus actions or anything. That's what I was going to ask. Would switching a Pokemon out count as an action or a bonus that, action? If we're going by the rules of Pokemon, you you have one thing you can do per turn. You can make an attack, you can swap Pokemon, or you can use an item. That's all you get. In, in the games. I don't know how it is in the D&D module. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, must the combat be even? So aside from trainer battles, how do you handle random encounters? Because traditionally out in the wild, you only encounter one pokemon at a time in a theoretical four-player group will the players face like five weedles four weedles a weedle a sandshrew charmander and a bellsprout two squirtles and a star you like how how do you do <laughs> random like encounters? show huh you just have people fall you do it like the tv shows like they're with you but they're not fighting at the same time as you especially on like maybe on like a more powerful pokemon like if you fight like a fucking yeah, I don't know. Like, like you're fucking... doing a Dynamax Den kind of deal or something. Exactly. But, yeah. like, that's not every encounter. Like, right. In Pokemon, there were t plenty of times where, you know, Ash or Brock was, you know, or not Ash or Brock, Misty or Brock were on the sidelines where Ash was, you know, fighting and vice versa. Right. Um, and actually, just watching his thing here, this next section is just completely negated because they've figured it out here. I was basically asking, like, how do you determine AOEs? Do you do templates? Uh, and how do you determine, like, ranges and the shape of the AOEs, depending on the skill? Is it just arbitrary? But, again, this guy's fucking figured it all out. Um, but kind of talking about ranges, um, that, that's one thing that, that really, really interests me here. Because there's two ways to go about this. You go the D&D &D route, or you go the Pokemon route. And I can see both you know, having their own individual um, strengths and weaknesses. If you go the Pokemon route, range is not a thing because you're considered to just always be within range. You basically fucking Civil War that shit, line up, and you just throw shit at each other until something sticks. <laughs> or you go the more complicated route and you go D&D, &D, which you're going to have to involve... Uh, the range of moves, so like Flame Wheel, it, you've got to be, I think it was saying, uh, you got to be within like 10 feet of them, Nim, right? Which means uh, that... Yes. What, 
there you go. So now you have to factor in movement, terrain, difficult terrain, getting within range, line of sight. Um, so yeah, you, you'd have to start making combat maps versus just kind of the simpler method of, well, you're in an encounter. What are you trying to hit with? Because there's <laughs> no, you know, at that point, there's no real strategy in the grand scheme of things. I don't know. What would you guys prefer, do you think? Uh, this one I'm a bit lost on. Lost as in you don't understand, or lost as in you can't decide? Can't decide. Got it. D&D &D rules. D&D rules. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Nymph's thing again. Uh, Stomp is melee, Flame Wheel is 10 feet, and Ember is 60 feet. Uh, pretty much all of them are instantaneous. Uh, actually, Nim, on that app, I see that it's got like 1 PP, 0 PP. So do each of those moves only have one use? Um, I... Uh, okay, so there's, there's your PP up there. Oh, it's a health. Oh, it's okay, a pool. so for those that can't see uh he's got a total pool of 50 pp so if i'm reading this correctly stomp consumes one pp flame wheel also one ember one tackle doesn't consume any pp so it's basically you always have <laughs> an attack ability other than pp please no. huh <laughs> can we call it something other than pp i'm having a really hard time not laughing out loud right now <laughs> no go ahead and laugh because i'm not changing it what's wrong zach what's wrong Nothing's wrong. It's funny as shit because I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a child. <laughs> but no, that that's actually that's a much better system, I think, than what we were thinking. Because you you're really gonna have to kind of do some quick math to make sure that you have enough to do what you want to do. That's that's very interesting. Huh. I have some character sheets that I did find. Yeah, let's take a look. Oh. I was given character sheets. Ooh. <laughs> so now, is this for the Pokemon themselves, or is this for the player? Uh, yes. You have no idea, do you? Yep. <laughs> I think this is for you, the player. The trainer. Right. So then I wonder what are these used for then? Because the player has strength, dex, constitution, and all that, but why? Because, I mean, your stuff is... I mean, I guess if you're looking at those scores only affecting your skills, like athletics, acrobatics, and being able to, to traverse and interact as a human versus having attacks, which it doesn't look like you have attacks on this character sheet. Well, again, Let me... if, let's say, all your Pokemon are passed out and you need to either get in a fist fight... I'm gonna with... fucking punk, punch that rat! <laughs> well, I mean, Ash took on how many Pokemon with a stick? Oh, well, and he failed miserably, but... I know he yeah. did, but that's not... That's because he's ten, and he sucks. <laughs> but, like... Let's be honest, like, if you're in the woods and you get jumped by another human being, you may not 
necessarily throw the Pokemon at him for a shot. You may just beat him with a stick. Well, I mean, <laughs> looking at the character sheet that, that Nim just sent me, as I've now taken the second to actually fucking look through it, um, <laughs> it does look like your stats are essentially based around uh, the roleplay skills. So athletics, acrobatics, sleight of hand, they misspelled slight, uh, stealth, arcana, history, investigation, nature, religion, mythology, Pokemon handling, which is, you know, animal handling, insight, medicine, perception, survival, deception, intimidation, performance, and persuasion. Um, it also has a nifty little chart for consumables, so all of your um, status heals, your ethers, your potions, your berries, gym badges, you even got your little money counter there. And Oh, and there's also a section for counting how many Pokeballs you have, so that's, that's interesting. I don't know what SR control is. Ah. Wait, why is there a section called plot armor points? Uh, yes. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Hold on, I'm, I'm digging through like a bunch of old PDFs and stuff. Yeah, no worries. It's, it's just, I'm it's very in, interesting. Uh, Wednesdays. Uh. Oh, there's a move list PDF. Oh my. And it's this bitch is alphabetical. Yeah. Weirdly, I was expecting more than 31 pages. Um oh, but okay, so a good example. Waterfall, it's a water type. Uh it uses strength and dex. It costs one action, 15 PP to use, it's instantaneous, range of 80 feet. You create a waterfall that crashes down in a 10-foot radius, centered on a point within range. All Pokemon in the area must make a dex save against your move DC, which I guess that has to do with the Pokemon stat block. Um, or take 2d6 plus move water damage? Hmm. And fall prone or fail. Trainer creator. Uh, and also, oh. sprites. Okay, so, Zeke, we were kind of close with the proficiency thing. Oh? So your proficiency goes from, uh, you, at first level, you've got plus two proficiency, and you mm -hmm. go to plus three at level five. You start with three Pokeslots. Mm -hmm. At fifth level, when your proficiency goes up to three, you go to four. Okay. Um, it it starts yeah, to vary I... a little bit though, because at eighth level you still have three proficiency, and you have four poke slots. At ninth level you get four proficiency, but you still have four poke slots. At tenth level is when you get five. Hmm. So at level fifteen, you get your six poke slots, and you're at proficiency five. You don't get uh, six proficiency until seventeen, but you have six. You know. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because waiting until level 17 is a little long to wait for six Pokemon. Yeah. So now here's the thing. It says max SR. I wonder if that has to do with the Pokemon themselves. So like at first and second level, you can only have Pokemon at SR rank half. 
So creature rating, basically. Yeah. I'm assuming, because again, I don't have the whole thing uh, to, to look at and go over here. Oh, but they have trainer paths. That's cool. Uh, let's see. So, looking at this little app thing, you two is already level 20, which is the max Pokemon level. Um, okay, so it is kind of going off of the uh, player slash creature levels. Or if I choose Bulbasaur, he's level 1. Yeah. Ivasaur would be 5, and then Venusaur is 10. So I kind of wonder if this uh, module also handled evolutions or if it was literally like you got to go out and catch shit and that's it. No, you, you can also evolve. Okay. I... Um, like once once you level up your Pokemon to a certain level, it will evolve. Yeah. Hmm. Well... Maybe if we ever get around to randomly coming upon these modules and things, we might be able to cobble together a one-shot or something and see how it goes. Again, it's been a very long time, like well over a year and a half since I've played Pokemon D&D. &D. But I have done it. It's a lot of fun. Just a lot of micromanaging because everyone is a ranger and everyone has a companion. Yeah. Um, with okay, so with your experience with this, I'm assuming the same, the like Poka D and D or Poka Five E, I think is what it was called. Mm -hmm. um, were you able to swap mid battle? Like how how did ex explain to us roughly how it actually worked? Because we've been like coming up with our own fucking ideas here, and it's been awful. So think of it as a ranger. You are the ranger. Mm -hmm. Your action. Like, you as an individual, like, has the Pokemon trainer. He has his own actions, moves, and all that. So, for his first action, he'll throw out Bulbasaur. That's his action. Bonus action, he can do whatever bonus action he wants. And then it goes to the Bulbasaur's turn. Bulbasaur uses uh, Razor Leaf. Mm -hmm. And then bonus action, hide, or whatever. And then, come your next turn, if Pez wants to swap out Bulbasaur... You will have to use that action to call back Bulbasaur. And then uh, he can bonus action throw out uh, uh, Mewtwo. And poof, Mewtwo's there. But then that bonus action of you throwing out a ball and casting another Pokemon, that Pokemon cannot go because that was your bonus action. So it literally goes off the Ranger thing where your bonus action is whatever you command your companion to do. More or less, yeah. Okay. Hmm. <clears throat> Very interesting. So then, if you have your dude out and you're doing what you want, what are your other uh, like action options? Just stand there, use a potion? So, like, you are your Pokemon's bard slash healer. You can right. give your Pokemon inspiration or sprays to heal them or whatever. You're you're just a bystander, basically. Yeah. 
Interesting. I'd be down to give it a shot one day, if we can find the stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't argue with that. Oof. Well, that's honestly about as much as I had to go off. Like, I've, I've touched on everything that crossed my mind and made my brain hurt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else got anything that they've got crossing their mind? I mean, not really, but that's because I also wasn't really... Like, paying you know, attention no expecting <laughs> oh yeah like it's 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 one thing to like yes really good topic and this is kind of cool but it's just like i i no way to prepare for it because it's a surprise so like i have literally had no time to think about it yeah. up until now and it's like i wanted to give that a shot and just kind of see um what yeah. might come fresh to your brain it's it's a lot because like to be honest with you i really don't even know how i would go about it like even with everything we said i still really don't yeah yep <laughs> it's like it's a cool concept because i think that would be really neat but it's just like how though yeah like, it's, it's just the biggest issue and yet someone was able to get fucking damn close well, not even damn close. Like, he he basically had shit there. Just. Yeah. yeah. Really, I mean, really cool. But, like, I don't know. This is one of those things, like, I wouldn't mind revisiting after, like, having a couple days to think about it. So, yeah. with, mm -hmm. with my experience of Pokemon 5e, it's a lot like you have to plan a lot combat will take forever and a half there's barely any role play because let's say you want to catch a caterpie you're gonna have to whittle that caterpie's hp all the way down until you can yeet a ball at it and then you have to roll a dice to see if you even catch it or if it breaks uh, three if it removes role play from the game i'm not even sure i would really want to even do it well how do you choose your starter? Uh, just you can either roll dice depending on your region, or if all the regions are unlocked, then go from there. Um, choose from the primary starters from each of those regions, or if your DM is nice enough, then they can say, uh, choose whatever Pokemon just can't be a legendary. So I was about. I'm to guessing ask it has to be totally an unevolved one. Sorry. It, yeah, uh, unevolved, obviously. It uh, it has to be the first stage of said Pokemon. Like, I'll I'll ask for a Beldum. Sweet, I have a Beldum. Or you can ask for a, uh, I don't know, what's the Kalos starter? Uh, uh, uh <laughs> Now is the time to panic! <laughs> But usually your starter would be like a three-stage Pokemon. Mm -hmm. I'm like, sure, you can go for a far-fetched, but what what happens when it's a sir-fetched? Good for you. You have a two-stage Pokemon. You're good, fucking good for you. 
So. And it seems that my concern about uh, their moves seems to be a bit moot. Because, like, uh, Bulbasaur, he comes with Growl, Tackle, and Overgrow. Oh, wow. And then as he levels up, he'll get more moves or the ability to have another move. Yeah. It's like his current level is level one. You can give him a TM. You can have all the moves at level 20. You can sort every single move in the entire game, A through Z. So, like, let's say I want to give Bulbasaur uh Searing Shot. Sure, he, he's a half-fire type now. I can mm -hmm. do that. It breaks the game, but you can do that. You can technically do that. Uh, let's see. I'm just, I'm playing with the thing here. Um, plus 19 for... I'm curious to see how the, like, evolving and shit works. Did you download that app that I sent you? Well, I didn't download it. I just went to the uh, the, oh, the okay. IO webpage just to kind of... Okay. Hmm. I guess I could post that in Whiskey Wednesdays if other people wanted to play with it. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. Just for shits and giggles. Do it. So if you're interested in looking at what we've uh, been talking about here and what Nim has been showing us, if you join the Discord and go to the Whiskey Wednesday suggestion page, you can see all of these items available for you. But it looks like this is available for the phone, just by hmm. the general layout of the thing. Yeah, um, <clears throat> what my group did is they had it on either their phone or tablet. I just had it on my computer since I had multiple monitors. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Uh, let's see. One, nine, three, nine, nine, nine. Let's just say that. Okay, you're there. So you're like one point away from leveling up. If I do plus one, do you level up? Nope. I don't fully understand how the leveling works on this. We, we never got around to um, us leveling up our Pokemon. Oh, so like, I see. I see how it works. I'll, I'll I'll rewind a bit. So my character, everyone who was in the campaign, they were a part of Team Rocket. Only mm -hmm. they were like a small little subcell of Team Rocket. Um, they were the rejects. And then I came along. I was a part of the uh, um, Johto region. So I had access to some extra evolutions. Mm -hmm. So I said that my starter back there was an Eevee. And then my Eevee evolved into an Umbreon. And then when I threw out my Umbreon, they were like, what the hell is that thing? And then they're like, <laughs> oh, there's more Pokemon out there. Whoa. So, Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. You can have cool lore and stuff like that. You don't even have to set it in the same Pokemon world. Like you can have a, be set here in the U.S., where all the generations of Pokemon just vibe, or you could lock it down to region-specific things. It's just cool. You can do anything. You could be a part of Team Rocket, Team Rainbow, Team whatever. You could be Ash. You could be 
freaking Lieutenant Surge fighting in the Pokemon War. <laughs> you can give yourself the great Weapon Master feat. Mm -hmm. That just seems so dumb. <laughs> what uh, I've also seen people do is play it like um, those... I forgot what they were called. I think they're... Are they called Pokemon Rescue Dungeon or Rescue Dungeon or something like that? Anyway, you play as a Pokemon and then you go around rescuing other Pokemon. You aren't a trainer. You are the Pokemon. Oh, yes. I do remember what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. People play it like that. Fun where, game. Yeah. Their character is <clears throat> that Pokemon. So, like, let's say I'm a Squirtle. I'm a mm -hmm. level one Squirtle. I fight my way at level 15. Oh, I'm evolving. I'm a war turtle. And then blah, blah, blah. Level I actually five. think that oh, sounds a lot more chunky. fun. Because so. you're my favorite person. I love you. He's <laughs> 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 like, I'm a war turtle. I thought that's all. I am more chunky. I kind of like the idea of, of picking what you want to be. And then you, you play the game as that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just it it also just seems to like mitigate a lot of the complications of having, you know, a six party team, dealing with your own stats as well as your your companion. It's just, ugh. Yeah, I think I would definitely more prefer being the Pokemon <clears throat> than oh. playing the trainer. Pokemon Here's an interesting thing. Uh, so with this app, as you level up, you get your ability modifier points. So in normal D&D, you roll at the very beginning, and basically those are your stats. You can do an ability score increase later on and whatnot. But this one essentially started me at choosing a Bulbasaur. It's like 13 strength, 12 dex, 12 con, 6 intelligence, 10 wisdom, and 10 charisma. I, at level 16, have 16 points to spend. I can just kind of plop them in anywhere here. Or I wonder if that's because I evolved myself to a uh, Venusaur. I'm not really sure. There you go. That, that's what I was talking about. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Yeah, I vaguely remember seeing something about that. Alright, so the max you can give yourself is, to, is 20 again, which, you know, it checks out. I'm not 100% sure Everybody that... be Eevees and just evolve. That'd be awesome. That would actually be pretty fucking dope. So you all start as Eevees, but you don't tell anybody what you're going to evolve into until you evolve. Yep. You can play them like the Awoken. Like in D&D, &D, just have Awoken Pokemon with their cute little outfits and swords. <laughs> with their cute little outfits. I don't need your sass, sir. Uh, it's too late. All all I am saying is dibs on a scarf. I will be the Pokemon with the scarf. <laughs> so I'm curious here. So what exactly do your do your stats like your ability scores, do they affect the damage of an ability? I would assume so. So if I'm looking at Vine Whip, it's 4d6 plus 10. So... I'm trying to look and see. Oh, the move power is Strength slash Dex. Oh, 
There we go. I figured out how to evolve. Once your Pokemon too. reaches that, okay, never, never mind. Well, no, oh. it, it doesn't. You don't even have to go back to edit. Yeah. Uh, don't change your level. You can just, well, maybe level yourself up by like one. Oh. Oh, interesting. I was able to make mine a Venusaur by like level sixteen. So. Don't know how I managed to do that. Um, Cheater. I, I don't know what I'm doing to be able to cheat. <laughs> so double... So th this is where I'm a little bit confused. So double edge, it does 78 plus 5, and the move power is strength dex. Vine whip is also strength dex, but where double edge is only a plus 5, which I'm assuming is the plus 5 for my strength... But why does my Vine Whip have a plus 10? Is that because it's part of my... Um, it's my Pokemon's type, and therefore it's doubled, like what Zeke was saying? So where are you seeing that plus 10? Because for my Vine Whip, it's 2d8 plus 4. Uh, because my strength is at 20. Yours is only at 13. So go into edit, and then uh, ability modifiers. See, you have 16 oh. available points. No. Oh. Yeah, I thought the same thing. You can still only bring it up to a maximum of 20. But yeah, if you don't put anything else into strength, I'm curious, put your other point into something else real quick. And just leave dexterity where it is, because Vine Whip is supposedly is based off of strength and dex. Uh, okay, so yeah, if, if you max out both of those, because I only have 14 in dex and 20 in strength. So if you hit save, I'm curious what your modifier would be for your... Uh, yeah, yours is only a plus 8. How? I don't understand... I don't fully understand how how these are affecting the modifiers. <laughs> this is baffling. <laughs> yeah, because your your AB is only plus ten. Mine's plus eleven. What is happening? <laughs> I'm so confused. Drag. Drags. 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 Well. Since we're basically just sitting here talking and looking at a screen that you guys can't even see, I'm probably just going to go ahead and end the stream here. Uh, this will probably be something that we revisit later after we've had a chance to look at whatever Pez has available to him. Uh, any kind of closing remarks? Is, is anyone, like, apart from me, of course, since I brought the topic up, is anyone even, like, interested in potentially doing, like, a one-shot or two in this vein? Yeah. Uh, playing maybe. a Pokemon? Yeah, maybe one shot as Pokemon. Yeah. Okay, so then that, that's at least four people, including myself, that are interested. So we may revisit this a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pop off. We've been going for about an hour and a half, and I'm already done with my whiskey. So uh, thank you all for joining and watching and going on this train wreck of a conversation with me. Um, 
we will revisit this topic. Probably not the next Whiskey Wednesdays. We'll probably go back to uh, normal suggestions, which we have quite a few at this point. So thank you those who have uh, offered those up for discussion. I'm a little frazzled, man. I don't know why. My brain is just not in gear today. <laughs> well, you just spent how many days moving stuff around? Uh, driving and moving and lifting and yeah, I'm I'm pretty spent. It's great. Uh, Listen, this is a, this is actually a very good topic. Like I said, I would want to come back to this just after I get some time to really kind of think about it, like see kind of how some of this will work what like a little more specifics and stuff like that i don't know yeah uh well again the only other real announcement i've got is keep an eye out on saturday i don't know when the stream may or may not start um so i'm not going to put an announcement out on it just because people's schedules are hectic and it's hard to get everybody in one place but there's a chance yes so for, uh, for why it's a secret. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. So thank you all for watching. Be safe, and we'll see you the next time we go live. Anybody else got anything? Whoa. No? No. Enjoy bye. Thank you bye. for joining bye. us. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the Whiskey Wednesdays podcast. You can watch the show live on Twitch every other Wednesday. If you'd like to recommend a topic for us to discuss, please join our Discord. The links can be found in the description, and we look forward to seeing you soon.